Hey everybody, welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding. We're going to do Instagram questions in this episode. Dusty Hanshaw, Scott McNally, and of course myself, Big Ron Partlow. Like, share, subscribe, comment. And ring the bell. And ring the bell. There we go. I thought you were wearing So we're back. We're back. I changed my shirt. I saw that. And my hat. It feels very new. Yeah, I'm just I wear the same five shirts all the time, so it's fun. (laughs) Yeah, you change your shirt too. You're just, you're like Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, the new blue shirt to be dangerous. Doesn't fucking mm-hmm. matter, right? Less of a douche with less money, but yeah, same shirt. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Did you see the uh, influencers in the wild post that Mark Zuckerberg? No, was in. Did you see that one? It was really good. Mm-hmm. I guess. <clears throat> the the guy who runs the account for influencers in the wild. I don't know if you guys follow that one. Mm-mm. It's funny. Mm-mm. It shows yeah, sure. like it's like videos that people send in that they right. catch of people who are influencers like shooting Got themselves. It. Yeah, uh-huh. you know. So there'd be like a girl rolling around in the water, and you could tell her like boyfriend is like trying to get the perfect shot of her, and <laughs> someone will film it, and it just looks so funny, right? Oh yeah. But I, the, the, I guess Zuckerberg sent a photo of himself into the account. No kidding. The account, the account was like, Zuck has a good sense of humor. And they sent <laughs> Zuckerberg was standing in the swimming pool, taking a selfie of himself. And behind him was like, like I can't remember what animals. It was like two deer or something. Like, right. Because it's like, you know, they're coming out of the forest behind him. There's like right. some wildlife behind him and he's in the pool taking a selfie and it's some and someone took a photo of that. Right. And Zuck Zuck sent that in. He's like, here's the ultimate influencer in the wild. <laughs> that's great. The ultimate influencer, right? Well, oh, that's amazing. I hate him, and that's still amazing. <laughs> I wonder what he's really like. I wonder if he just like you know, got stuck on a three hour drive with him. Oh God. Who would be the worst person to be stuck on a drive with you can think of? I mean, I'm thinking anyone from The View would be oh, perfectly hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think with those, those are just old ladies, though. You just don't talk right. politics with them. Just don't talk politics with old ladies. Who the fuck does that? I'm sure they're, you know, you know what I mean? Valid. Get them to tell you interesting stories about the 60s or something. There you go. You yeah. Well, I was at Woodstock. There you go. Talk about that for an hour. I'll be entertained. <laughs> yeah. You know? You know? Uh, yes. That's the thing does. about tolerating other people. You just have to know, like, what not to talk about. That's a good point. That's part of, that's part of, like, if you just have to get along with people, just know what not to talk about. Like, you know, I could, I could spend two hours in a car with anybody if you avoid the right subjects, you know? <laughs> <laughs> How do I keep their opinion completely away from me? Let's think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you can find something to, you can find something you have in common. I'm sure someone likes I I'm sure I could find someone that I would think was my mortal enemy if I knew their politics. But if we talked about movies, they might like the same movies as me. I feel like Maybe we could make this a, below. This could be like a segment for Ron where we call it like like be a little more Canadian. <laughs> Today we're gonna to talk about you know going for a two-hour car ride with anybody, with anybody. Yeah, this yeah, is how you, know? you do it. This is how you do it. Hey. <laughs> the worst, well, the worst person, someone who thinks that they like who's driving. You're driving. You're driving. Is it your car? 
Sure, yes. And you're okay, driving it's like down. You're, it's not, okay. So it's not like you're splitting a rental car and you're going to take turns driving. Yeah. You're, you're driving them. Huh. They have to understand that they have zero say in the music or the volume. I own the car. I'm fucking driving. I get to do whatever I want with my music. I can crank it to 12 and play ACDC the whole two hours. There's nothing you can do about it. Valid. Don't touch my stereo. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> People have to know that. That should be an unwritten rule anyways. You know that that's something that I deal with here. So I don't like blare my music. It's not 1997. I don't have like 12s right. on yeah, seat or anything. But I'm listening to my music at a, at a tone that I, I like. I can hear, right? If I have to and, say something to you, I might have to talk like this. Yeah. So, but anytime we'll pull up somewhere, like to a gas station or the school, girls will turn it down before we pull in. I'm like, I don't care if they know what I'm listening to, no matter yeah. what it is. Under oh, no, no circumstance is there any <laughs> sort of a weirdness to it. Yeah, that's, there's certain rules, man. Like we're driving to the movie. Yeah. Go we're driving to the movie the other night, and, and I'm cranking, and you know, it's in tunes cranking. And then Emily reaches up and she turns the volume down and starts telling me a story about her day. Wait a minute. We're listening to this, right? And I was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what is going on here? What's going on here? Are we talking about our days right now? Or are we listening to music? Because I, I was under the impression we were listening to music. And you seem well, to I think th we're going to talk about our days while we're driving. Okay. I mean, we could have a discussion about this but you can't just reach ahead and just see someone's fingers touch the knob and then they, they, they turn down and i just think who does this person think they are <laughs> what do you what do you think you live with me or something this is ridiculous I mean, something to geez. say <laughs> well listen if you're gonna listen this is my thought though if you have something to say and you say it to me while the music is up i determine if, if we're it's important like if enough she turns me and if she turns me and goes should we do this check that we just saw? And I'm like, whoa, what? Turn it. Yes, we should. I'll flip a bitch. We go back. We take our shot. <laughs> see what happens. But like, oh, just a random, funny. like, what else do we need from the grocery store? Not now. Not now. Yeah. You know, you're driving. The, and it's another thing, too. I don't know if this is a woman thing. But <laughs> there, here goes our viewers. Yeah. Uh -oh. I don't yeah. know if this is a woman thing. I don't know what it is. It's magical. So. I can have some music on and we're driving. Okay, maybe it's we gotta drive. And 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 I know that say there's a playlist and there's two songs, and then I know that the third song is a really good smoker, right? right. It's fuck, I'm that third one's gonna be awesome when it comes on. I know what's coming. She says nothing for Until. two songs. Mm -hmm. And then like the opening riff of that third song that i've been waiting for and anticipating <laughs> you know that third that third song starts opening riff starts the drums kick in just as the first verse comes in and you're just ready to just fuck yes fuck it's like uh. so my grandma decided <laughs> that i'm like you had two whole songs it was like Eight you had two mediocre songs of these two songs that I thought were okay, but they're pretty good, so I just let them play. You could have told me all this, and then as this start, and it organically started too. You know how a song is always better when it comes on by itself. 
Yes, yes. As opposed to when you play it. She's like, well, you can just listen to it anytime. And I'm like, that's not the same. It was about to happen. It was about to <laughs> it was a moment. <laughs> it was about to organically play, you know? Yeah, and remind yeah. me of like those old days when something would come on the radio. Yeah. And you have to like, oh, can't rewind. Like, shh. Everybody in the car, shut up. Yep. It's you time. know? feel that there's something about those days there's something about the sanctity of a song coming on by itself right. like on a playlist or a, or a, or you know serious satellite radio i'm like oh this song is on you know like there's a handful of songs i can't turn the car off i have to let them finish oh yeah what would be one even of those though, even though they're on my phone <laughs> of course not that's a totally different thing i feel that so, what would be one of those know? songs ron like a song you couldn't so, turn off so i've said this before 1979 by the Smashing Pumpkins. Is one okay, of yes, you have said that. I yes. always have to let that song finish. Hmm. I don't know something about that song. Can't not let it finish. You know, there's a handful of them. That's a good one though. You made a really good point, Ron. Because you know what? At this point in life, like when I'm heading to the gym, I know how far the gym is. I cue my Spotify songs to get me. Yes. <clears throat> like I don't yeah. leave the driveway until all my music to get me to the gym. And that couple of minutes where I sit in the gym parking lot. You know, you need I, I what? You, how how many do you need? You need six songs in a row. How long's your drive? Like, how many? No, it's a short that? drive. So four is good. But I spend okay. five minutes in the parking lot deciding. Yeah. Just so that yeah, whole fourth song, song, that song four is, 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 is. I'm priming for the fourth song. Yeah. The fourth song just so is you the most important song. Yeah. That's the you're parked by song four, and it's just yeah. Yeah. See, there you exactly. go. Yeah. And that's when yeah. she would turn it down. That's when the fingers would come out. <laughs> the fucking raptor claws come out and fucking. <laughs> see, I'm reaching for the camera so they can see like what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If the camera were the were the knob, this yeah, is what like it from sees. the knob's point of view, it's like. <laughs> I feel that I do. Wow. Yeah. Did you uh, still sit with her at the movie, or did you sit by yourself? <laughs> oh no, everything was good. Everything was good after that. Hey, like I said, you know. Part of, part of getting through life is learning to cope with those moments without losing your mind. I just quietly remind her, Nate, you turn my song down. 1979, you know better. You turn my song down. I use the same voice. Yeah, the same voice. Just, you turn my song down. And then she just talks That's key. Yeah. That's absolutely key, though, to seriousness is if the tone never changes. No, I have to stay calm. I have to stay calm. Oh, that's good shit. Sorry. I don't even know where we are anymore. I've completely lost track of what we're doing. Well, we were supposed to do Instagram questions, which I had a lot of. Oh, boy. So is that what we're doing? Let's do it. Yeah. I just okay. got a text that drives me crazy. Anyways, would you ever what send your- a Christmas veto? That you need words of encouragement because you're super hungry and that's all you're thinking about. Mm. Mm. That one hurts me a little bit. I wouldn't write those words. No. Ever. No. Yeah. So <clears throat> to the guy that wrote those that's probably listening to this, I'm sorry, but you shouldn't send those words. Just suck it the fuck up. Well, you don't anyway. want to type. You, there's certain things you don't want to like. Yeah, they might occur in your brain. But when you write them down, it makes them more real. You don't want that. You want to deny, deny, mm. deny. Stuff the feelings down. Plausible deniability. Push the feelings down. Deny, yeah. deny, deny. Plausible deniability, yes. 
Yeah. Okay. So Sorry. I have a, a, a couple of let's questions. See here. Well, there's actually two that are about food, about <clears throat> some tips. What are some key basic tips to make your food more enjoyable? Cook it properly. Cook that it properly. Dumb, but I mean, like, I think most people that suck at cooking, they think their food is terrible because it's dry or something. People, That's why I think yeah. people, you know, smoke cookers or pressure cookers are magical because they keep things. Everyone's favorite word, moist. See, I love barbecued chicken. Like barbecued so chicken I, is the best. You cook it properly. But people butcher the fuck. They dry the shit out of their chicken and then they can't reheat it and then it's brutal. Yeah. So yeah. You gotta just don't overcook your shit. Like everyone blasts the fuck out of their barbecue. We tend as well, I think, because in bodybuilding we're making things in bigger quantities. We tend to just mm-hmm. go on autopilot with it and do right. the the same thing over and over True. and over. And I try to give people a few options for meats. I'll be like, well, you can use turkey, you know, 99% ground turkey. You can use turkey breast. You can use chicken breast or you can use light fish for this meal. And then right. 10 weeks down the road, the same guy says, is there anything else I can eat except for chicken? Because I'm so tired of chicken. I'm like. It was on the list. It's still right on the list. But we don't think, I mean, the reality is we don't think about it. We just do the same thing yeah. over and over again. It's going autopilot. You know, you get burnt out. So I think different seasonings, you know, that can help. Oh, yeah. And like you were saying, Dusty, we just talked about this on Blood, Sweat, and Gear, too, because somebody said, hey, what do you guys think? Uh, you know, Dusty likes using the uh, the Instapot. What do you guys think about that? And of course, Skip, he's real old school. So he's like, I just put all my chicken on a pan and I cook it. I don't care what it tastes like. But you know what? You know, you can you can have a little flavor in your life, you know? Yeah, yeah. I actually say the opposite, though. I I tell clients that it needs to. I feel like to help you not cheat, make your food taste good. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that you should do things that are off the plan. But if you find ways that you can enjoy your food, you don't feel like you're dieting. I will finish. Gee, I say it like it's current. A million years ago, when I still competed, I would finish a prep and like I'd have employees be like, "Oh, you're still doing another show?" And I'm like, "No, why? Like, well, you're eating the more food, or you're eating the same food." I'm like, "Yeah, but it, there's more of it." Like, I don't change the chicken. Like the barbecue chicken is still barbecue chicken. It's just now it's got 400 grams of rice with it instead of 200. You know, because yeah. I actually yeah. like it. I think that I, it really does help because when I first started bodybuilding. I thought that hardcore was the thing. Just cook it in the pan, make it taste like shit, and somehow it's going to make you look better. <laughs> no, it just makes you hate life six times a day. Fuck. Yeah. What? What? Here, I got a question here. What's your favorite kitchen tool that you use? Like your favorite thing in 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 your kitchen that if you had to go to someone else's kitchen, you would take it. Like it's oh. other people don't have. You know what I mean? There's something that you oh, specifically okay. love in your kitchen. You know, like, you know, when you go to like, you, have you go to like an air, you get like an Airbnb. Oh, yeah. And they have everything, but they don't have that thing that you have in your kitchen and you fucking need to bring it. Yes. Oh, God. Like, what is yes. That? I have quite a few of those. That's a problem. The one guy <sighs> says, like, I like example, your favorite scissors for cutting meat. Huh. You know, could be something yeah. like that. 
I, I do. Okay. I will say that, I mean, I didn't think of this that, that simply, but I have some really good steak knives, <clears throat> which I'm not partial to my steak knives, but I've always bought cheap ass steak knives from like Walmart. I just never right. thought it mattered. And actually a client of mine bought me a set for a gift after I showed just six steak knives. And the first time I, I was like, what the fuck is this? And now I buy expensive ass knives. Like, right. They are worth, and I'm a shitty cook, which is, I didn't use the word chef, cook, and they're still worth it. Good knives are amazing. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I got a really good knife set for Christmas. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. We got one of those cool knife sets. It'll sit on the counter, you know, with all the little knives. Got a bunch of little, you know, steak knives, yeah. and then it's got a whole bunch of other knives. I started using those things. Jesus. Like, the, like, I just grabbed a piece of the fat and hold the steak up and I just yep. touch the blade to the fat and the weight of the steak just like shears it. it. Nice. You know what I mean? I just drag the blade along the strip and just shears the, the, the steak. The weight of the steak just shears itself off the fat. The knife is so sharp. It's fucking so easy to use. Yeah, yeah that's key. Good. Um, I mean, it's not something that I don't think people have, but I am also a big... I use tongs a bunch to like flip things, you know? Hmm. Yeah. And I, I find that that's, tongs. you have to have, but they have to have, here's the tricky thing. They're usually either plastic or metal. And I use them over extremely hot things. So I need the part that my hand is on to be temperature controlled. So another right. little issue there. Mm-hmm. Cause there are some things, again, right? There are, there are, there are a lot of things. My, yeah. my one of my big things is that, if I go to like, say an Airbnb or a, you get like a hotel room that has a full kitchen or, you know, I would go stay at my mom and dad's house for the weekend. Mm-hmm. I would always think my frying pan is way fucking better than these frying pans. <laughs> Cause I always had like the big, like the 14 inch high edge. Oh yeah. Pretty new. Like I could buy a new one every six months. So it's like, super non-stick your egg whites just fall out yeah like just that sort of thing Uh, a pan like that i fucking i'm a i'm very snobby about my frying pans that's a valid point i have a pan that we only i only use for eggs because it is so slippery and i swear to god it's not good for other things huh i'm like this sucks for this other shit so you know i'm like like if i'm because i like to make fake fried rice with like just soy sauce and you know put a little eggs right, there, like right. cook it to where it's crispy. Huh. That pan right. sucks for that. It's no good. Fake yeah. fried rice. Yeah, because I, I like all the that. Good shit. Yeah, it's delicious. I told you I like my food to taste good. There's one thing I'll throw in, and that is yeah. uh, glass storage containers. Oh yeah, I don't like That's- plastic storage containers. They weigh a lot, but they're worth it. The quality, the taste of the food, even the next day, if you put that in plastic, it's gonna it's gonna change. Ron, Ron does the same. I've seen him. Yeah, at Mutant when he used to work there, he always had glass containers. Yeah, yeah, I always use glass containers. I'm big on that. Fun you know, fact. That was actually something that my mom was doing. That like back in the '90s, she was all about the glass containers. Hmm. My mom was a pioneer, ahead of her time. You know, and my mom was more plastic. Like, Don't waste food. Eat all that shit right now. You're going to waste it if you put it in the fridge. <laughs> All right. What else we got? Okay. 
Hey, here's one we've all dealt with, especially me. Tips for leg day nausea. I'm eating 90 minutes out. I'm only using half the pre-workout that I use for other body parts, and I'm just drinking water while I train. What is wrong with me? I keep getting sick after I do quads. Sounds like he's having good workouts to me. That's true. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've thrown up a, a thousand times on leg day, but then you get guys like Ian Valer. Ian Valer says, if you're throwing up, there's something wrong. Like you're doing something wrong. Like there's no reason to be puking. So I, he, I never he, threw he up once like I got in shape. Like once I stopped, like <clears throat> earlier in my career, like long before it was even remotely going to be called a career, I puked all the time, but I ate worse and I never did cardio. Once I got into cardiovascular shape, hmm. it was never an issue again. Um, but I will say I don't consume a lot of liquid while I'm training either. I drink before hmm. I go in. And when I'm there, like if I brought a liter in, I'm bringing three quarters of a liter out. After oh, yeah. Two hour yeah. leg day. You know, oh, so yeah. that could be part of my thing. I'm not like throwing anything in my stomach to get sick with. Yeah. Because I easily. Yeah, it's. I, I don't know. It's uh I, I threw up on leg days when I was like in contest shape with really mm. good cardio. I just think there's some people I mean I mean a listener here might be able to help us out more, but everyone that I've talked to, they just say, you know, there's a certain blood chemistry that will trigger nausea because of the receptors in your brain that make you want to like get sick. And so something that you're doing like the forced reps or something that you're doing is just triggering you to vomit. Hey buddy. I don't know what he's barking at. So yeah, I mean, it's not always, it doesn't always mean that you're out of shape. Some guy like I definitely, that's a factor. Like people yeah. who come into the gym and they train once, like I'll put them through one leg workout and they'll throw up. It's like, yeah. that's just a shock to your system. Yeah. And I don't ever mean to make anyone throw up. I try to like, guide them you're trying to gauge them yeah trying to gauge them but sometimes you just sometimes people maybe they drank it too much pre-workouts too and that sort of shit happens but um some i think there's a genetic component there's something going on that's why some people throw up on leg day all the time and other people can train just as hard and not throw up i don't know yeah and there's something going on but for nausea i mean he's doing all the right things if he's trying to minimize it you yeah, I think he's, that's, I he would, gave the question the, enough information that you knew the things he wasn't fucking up on. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe he just needs better cardio. Maybe he's carrying too much weight around. Maybe he's needlessly overweight. You know, he's got he could drop twenty pounds and maybe stuff's thrown up. I don't know. But yeah, that's something a lot of a lot of guys go through leg day vomit. I wonder if, if it has anything to do with the density of the food he's eating. He said ninety minutes, but I know that for me. What? I can I can clear food in 30 minutes and be ready to train and not feel like it's coming back up usually, you know, but maybe right, if I'm eating right. steak or, you know, something heavier that mm. digests slower, maybe, you know, maybe a lot of fiber in it that might slow it down. I'm more likely to go hypo in a workout, eat, like even not using insulin than I am right. to get sick. Right. Right. Mm. So the going hypo for you would happen more frequently. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, even like I said, not using insulin. That's more of a common thing that I've had to watch out for, and that's one of the reasons. Like pre-work or excuse me, intra-workout carbs 
had been a really good thing for me. I could eat like 30 minutes before a really brutal like back day or leg day and still be good. And, mm -hmm. you know, having those carbs intro would be helpful. Right. Yeah, that so that's sense. funny because I, it's very rare for me to go hypo. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's used to be super common for me to throw up on leg day. So <laughs> to Ron, each his Ron own. Get known for that over the years, for sure. Hey, Scott, uh, separate topic. How is training now? It's getting you better. Back? Nice. Yeah. You know what, you know what I your, discovered? Your wind. I, I discovered that I was missing a key element. And it's not what I would suggest people should go out and do. But You got married? Uh, oh, that helps. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like not living alone in, in this studio 24-7. But I got a new pre-workout the other day. And I okay. took and do it. I like I tore it up. I went and trained legs at the actual gym gym, not just the basement gym here. Right, it was right. good, man. I was like, shit, I think this was the key element that I was missing all along was a lot of caffeine. <laughs> I just seemed to be <laughs> jacked up on some shit. Oh, I thought God, you were going to say amazing. like, I thought you were going to be like, now this, this product, which I, you know, I don't get paid to promote or anything, but yeah. to use this one ingredient and you were going to name like this one Pure ingredient caffeine. that you thought made this huge difference. I went, we, like, we actually, we went to vitamin shop and I hadn't been in there for a while. Uh, most of the supplements I buy are just from like true nutrition and that their pricing is really good. But right. I, I looked everything over. It was like, it was getting to see like, well, what are the kids taking nowadays? And so right. I actually asked them, I was like, hey, what's the most popular pre-workout you guys are selling now? And I bought mm -hmm. a tub of that. And um, and I looked at like all the different companies. There's like so many companies out now that have, you know, it's really, the market's changed. And pre-workout was like $50 a tub. So honestly, if I was like a 22-year-old kid, trying to do bodybuilding. I don't think I could afford that shit nowadays, you know, at that kind of price. Right. Yeah. Prices. What is, uh, <laughs> we, we're going to have to send you some all in. I got to try. Yeah. It. Let's, yeah. I, well, I want to try we, that. We, we, we got to do, I mean, I, I want to go all in plug, but because when I was with condemned, that was the only thing I was worried about losing was a pre-workout. Yeah. Uh, because I hated the previous, what was it? Madness. I didn't well, like madness, madness was just a little stim scoop. It was just a little yeah. concentrated stim scoop, I just, which I never liked was, any of those. Yeah, so know. I didn't like it. And then they sent the all in, and I actually like continued to use what was left over of my condemned for a while. And finally, it was like an arm day. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to try this. So I took a whole scoop. And A, I knew it was awesome. B, I realized I needed a half a scoop. <laughs> That's right. We were yeah, talking I about do, that. I was half, halfway in. Out. I was like, holy shit. I, I do two thirds <laughs> of a scoop. Yeah. I yeah. Do two, two thirds of a scoop of all in. Is yeah. that one of the, like the bigger all in one type pre-workouts? Yeah. yeah it has it's like, like a full citrulline. citrulline like, nice. Yeah, yeah. Full dose of everything. Yeah. I like really that. High doses of, of good quality citrulline malate and all that stuff. I like that. So, uh, so, but it's 300 milligrams. So yeah. I only want about 200 milligrams. That's kind of my workout. Yeah, the problem dose. is just that I find with the higher dose, it's, Obviously, I've drank a ton of caffeine my entire life, but my heart rate and my breathing gets fucked up on back or legs huh. if the caffeine's too high. So it's got to be just enough to like, okay, we're ready, you know? Right, right, yeah, right. We'll get you that, though, because you'll also like the taste, so. I got to try that. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sorry, there I derailed this. Again, that's what I do. It's okay. <clears throat> that's the whole point. The, the goal, Dusty, isn't to go through 20 questions. 
is to go through we're looking, four we're questions four. <laughs> and get completely sidetracked with 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 nonsense. Yeah, that's the thing. You know? I had a really good one that I wanted to say earlier, and then I remembered we weren't on the right show yet. Ah, there we go. This is a good one. Um, <clears throat> most valuable thing that you learned on your entire bodybuilding journey. Oh, I like this one. So I like these deep mm. ones. Scott is so frozen, I thought his fucking computer froze. That was wild. <laughs> You're not getting out of this, Scott. Uh, I don't know. How cliche is this answer going to be? <laughs> Go. How cliche, how cliche is what I'm about to say? Um, I don't know. I, there's got to be something in there about, like, you know, living your life on your own terms. That was something that I had to sort of like embrace to mm -hmm. be a bodybuilder, you know, like I, I remember being kind of aware that it was always weird and it wasn't normal. Hmm. Everybody, everybody was like, that's not normal. What are you doing? Like I always knew it was like abnormal. So mm -hmm. I had to get used to that. But I think that kind of embracing that and accepting that I was doing something that wasn't normal. It also, I think it generally made me more open to other people that were also sort of cultural rejects as well. Like, hmm. you know what I mean? I always thought I was like a really tolerant and like, Oh yeah, that's really fucked up, but do your thing, buddy. Like, <laughs> you know, like I was always kind of one of those people and it was because I sort of thought that what I was doing was like equally weird and, and, you know, not normal. And people probably saw it like through all these different stereotypes and all that sort of, sh you know, stuff. So I, you know, that probably shaped me quite a bit as a person. That's, that's an interesting thing to maybe wonder how bodybuilding affected me that way. But I'd say like just the goal setting is probably the mm -hmm. most valuable thing. Like, okay, like I have to do this on this day. <clears throat> right. And you think about it, like for a 21 year old kid to set a goal like that, like it's pretty aggressive. Like my first show, you know, like, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to do all this work and then I'm going to like drive to this other city mm -hmm. and I'm going to throw myself into this competition yeah. with right. who knows who's going to show up. Like it was a real like uncertain like thing, you know, but you yeah. just do it and you have to, you have to just do your work and accept the consequences. You have no idea right. what lies ahead. You don't know who's showing up, all that sort of stuff. So, like, I think that's good for you. You know, a lot of people hesitate so much because they're afraid of the what's the outcome going to be. Yeah, right. But with bodybuilding, man, you can't hesitate at all. You just have to bust your ass and go. Mm -hmm. You know. Agreed. What about you, Scott? Well, I you know I knew I had a pretty good feeling I wasn't going to be a pro bodybuilder um, early on which is probably a good thing to have realized, you know, but mm -hmm. at the same time, I still felt like, you know, I had really been into photography for a really long time and gone to school for that, worked in that industry and got burnt out of it. And when I discovered bodybuilding, I, I realized like, you know what, I, I can, I only have so much time in this world to really go all in on so many different things in life. And, you know, and I, I felt like it was worth exploring. So I thought, I thought, you know, I, I, it might limit me from seeing other, learning other things, but it'll allow me to explore this one thing 
at a really intricate level. And, and I think right. that being able to find something you can do that with teaches you a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for sure. It, it's evolved, you know, cause, cause I think like early on, I really enjoyed the, like the quote unquote suffering, you know, in, in mm-hmm. dieting and mm-hmm. stuff. I really enjoyed like how much can I handle kind of feeling it's evolved. Yeah. Cause now it's just like pure joy. You know, the last right. prep I had was just like pure joy that I'm able to do this and could afford to do this and have the know-how and the health mm-hmm. and all that. So I, I, I guess, you know, the, the biggest thing is probably like the, the like you were saying, Ron, you know, it, it kind of it built confidence. Being able to do all those things you were talking about to me was able to give me confidence. And then getting in recovery and discovering all these things, I realized like ah, I could apply that to any area of my life, right. which I, you know, then I did. And it's, and it's, it's definitely been to my benefit, you know? Agreed. It's awesome. <clears throat> I would say, um, the, this, the blanket answer for me, um, is, is almost a piggyback off of what Ron said, which is, it was the first thing that I, that I knowingly in life. And I wouldn't say it's the first thing I ever did. It was the first thing I knowingly did where I had a goal, had a date, and worked backwards and came up with a plan on how to achieve that goal Hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and had to work every single day towards that goal obsessively. Um, And as you get older, you realize that that's literally everything you do. If you want to own a new house and you have no money in the bank and you know you need 10% down, how long is it going to take? How much is the house going to cost? You work backwards and you start saving or doing what it is you need to do. And I find that that practice is what a lot of people don't do. A lot of people have dreams, not goals. And if you have a goal, you do that. You say, okay, well, when, okay, how long is it going to take? Okay. Now that I know when that's going to be, that the goal is, what do I have to do to make that happen? And if you implement that, just like you do a show, it happens. I mean, so far I haven't had a goal that I chased with that kind of focus that I didn't get. And right. bodybuilding taught me that it was really it's it's really that simple. That's cool. Um, you know, and then the only other addition I was going to say, which Ron uses the terms a lot, but I found that everyone does, which is reps. Like that is something that is alive, and also every person I've ever known who's successful in something. I've even heard people in other, um, not even sports, in, in other professions, use the word reps, and I'm like, yeah, holy shit, it's the thing. Like, yeah, they're doing them too. And, and I think that when you have that in the most basic form, it's, it makes it so clear that everything that we learn from bodybuilding is, is beneficial or can be. And I, I told this to a kid just recently. I said, you have two options with bodybuilding. It will either enhance every area of your life or ruin it, your decision. Right. <laughs> and, and I think it really can. And I, sadly, I feel like more people let it ruin it. But that's just my opinion. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> that was good. I got a good one here. Shoot. This, uh, at first I was going to skip it and I was like, Oh, wait a minute. This could be interesting. What are some tips for the, just the average girl wanting to get in the gym to look better? Hmm. Likes the physiques, likes how the figure girls look, but just wants to get into, into the gym. Tips for training the average girl at the gym that wants to look better. Uh, I mean, well, first thing would be 
I don't, this isn't just women. This is everyone. I, I think that the most people, when they go into a gym, they have no idea what their body's capable of and they don't train hard enough to get a result. Yeah. There, there has to be a hard enough stimulus for your body to have a response to need to change. And I think that that's an area that most people are lacking. I see a lot of people in the gym and unlike most, I don't laugh at them. I feel bad because I'm like, they don't know that what they're doing isn't enough. And they're here yeah, every right. day. I can see that. You know, so I feel like that's the first step is helping people understand the amount of effort that they should put in to make that happen. Because if they have that mindset, like you just said, they want to, they're halfway there. Mm -hmm. They just need to know. Right. You know, so that'd be my, my first thing would be understanding what the effort needs to look like. One thing that I think is a good tip is, um, I can't even remember who told me this, but you know, when you first get someone in the gym lifting weights, it's not like you can push them to maximum intensity right away because yeah, they don't no. have the form down. You yeah. know, they're learning mm -hmm. how to squat. They're learning how to move dumbbells. They're dumbbell pressing with like 15s. You know, they're, they're just yeah. getting things moving. But he said it's important to find something, anything that they can do with maximal intensity if possible and make mm -hmm. sure you integrate it in. So let's say you get someone who's new to weight training, but they can sprint on the bike. Right. Then make sure you put some bike sprints in the program because part of what you're doing is teaching them to train hard. I like that. I like mm -hmm. that a lot. Like it doesn't matter. Don't overthink what they're able to go hard on. Just make sure there's something in there that goes hard and kicks their ass because you want them to kick their own ass in the gym and you and it'll leak into the other stuff. Yeah. Yes, they you can. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe someone's like new to squatting, so they're squatting at twenty five pounds per side and they're they're just making sure their form's good and you know, they're you don't want to push them to failure and they collapse under the bar and fucking you know what I mean? Yeah. But they course. can get on a bike and they can really fucking crank out some reps because maybe they used to play some sports, right? Mm hmm So just make sure there's something you can really go hard on and try to integrate it in there. And I think that that's important and would be for women too. Um, but I think the main things you want to do with, with, uh, with not just women, but you know, newbies in general is, is you, you want to get them moving their bodies through full ranges of motion. You got to get them squatting. You got to get them comfortable with barbells. And it's not that free weights are magic, but for beginners, they certainly are foundational. You got to get them squatting. You got to get them doing some deadlifting, understanding how their body works, moving through those big movement patterns. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you don't take a new girl and put her on like, you know, single arm bicep curls and single leg, you know, hamstring curls and, and think she's going to get the, the body she's looking for. You got to get her moving, you know, as much stress to the body as you can put into an efficient program. That's my thing. I like that. What's next, Dusty? Dusty looks like he's got another one. No, I'm I'm scanning for for more here, but uh Hey, here's an important question. You got real big legs, boxers or briefs? Oh wow. That's easy. Neither. Boxer briefs. <laughs> because I need them to come down my leg. I need them tight so that they don't ride up and my legs rub together. Briefs is impossible because my legs, right, legs rub together. 
But I actually just wear the uh, compression shorts that Under Armour wears. Those are underwear now. Very expensive underwear, by the way. But I don't like yeah. my legs to rub. It sucks. Yeah. And you? Well, definitely not like baggy boxers, like cotton, like like boxer shorts. I've never owned a pair of boxer shorts in my life. I like the, you know, the the I guess you call them boxer briefs, like the the better bodies ones that go down your your legs a little bit. They're, you yeah, know, yeah, those ones are awesome. I do have some briefs. They're fine. I got some sacks, you know, whatever brand that is. Some fancy shit. Some of those fancy sacks, briefs, and boxer briefs. But yeah, no baggy boxers like you. Like that, like, you can always tell when the radio turner downer is buying his underwear and he gets them from sacks. Because <laughs> he didn't buy that shit himself. No fucking way. The radio turner downer. <laughs> the radio turner downer is buying my underwear. That's why she gets away with turning the radio down once in a while. <laughs> Yeah, he's irritated. He's like, man, these are nice. <laughs> I'm mad at you for doing that, but you buy my underwear. <laughs> you know? What do you think, Scott? Boxer briefs, no question. I'm grateful that I don't have to walk as much as I did for work in the past because my legs would chafe in the summertime like a motherfucker, and it was the worst. <laughs> I can't worst. imagine... Your, your whole, you must have been sweating before you even got to work. Oh yeah, when you it had was that just, humidity. Did you change shirts during your shift? Like it was when you the were doing worst. The no, delivery? no, God, no. You didn't have that kind of time, that kind of luxury. <laughs> it was just like training the whole day. You just felt you, like you were in the, you know, it was like that the 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 perspiration of training, but like right. all day, all day. Did you ever wear long sleeves during in the summer? I'm just God, no, no, we, we were allowed to start wearing, sh- no, we were allowed to wear shorts. And so uh-huh. I would start and I would like shorts cause they were cooler. So I mm-hmm. would start wearing shorts like as early in the season as I could, you know, right. and as late into the fall, it's like almost Christmas time and I'm still rocking the shorts, you know, cause it was easier. Yeah. I used to wear, when I tinted windows, I wore shorts, but I actually wore long sleeve t-shirts yeah. because they'd get wet. So it was cooler to have a wet oh. shirt on me. Now, we're not talking button-ups. It's a T-shirt, but yeah. long sleeve, like a 50-50. Yeah. It actually felt cooler because I wasn't in the sun, like direct right. in the sun. And I was like, oh, this is actually cooler than the other option. So I just put like a big fact. 2X, 3X shirt on. And sometimes I even had like uh, like polo shirts that were thinner. And you get like right. a 3X one of those and just like you just swim in it. And it felt more comfortable that way, you know. And, and then I, and then my goal would be like just keep getting bigger until you fill this thing out. <laughs> so you ripped the sleeve, and I would walk around work just like eating my food and stuff because there's no managers. Like when you go to a grocery store, your manager's not there. The the grocery store managers are there, and they're like, "Hey, you know, yeah, this is what you got to do today. You know, just let right. me know, sign this thing before you go." I'm like, "All right," and then I go and like buy some food, and I'm like walking around just eating, go in the bathroom, That's take amazing. take some insulin, you know. <laughs> listen to Ron. I would listen to Ron's podcast while I was doing that. You know, oh, that's God, so that's, funny. It's good. And then go take a break, eat some, eat my my next meal. Right. See. Text okay. clients on Saturday to like tell them like, yeah, drink six ounces of water, you know, and eat a rice cake before you get on stage. Oh, you were the prep. Oh, yeah. That yeah. <laughs> that would suck. All right. That's funny. All right. I'm getting all the life questions this time. Seriously. So, those are good. All right, here's another one. 
How do you deal with major adversity in life? Just fucking go like this and just fucking get in there. I mean, it has to be dealt with, so you just take it head on. Agreed. I don't know. Try to keep your life. I guess another thing is I try to keep my life as normal as possible Mm. through adversity. Mm -hmm. I think... Some people, and obviously life throws you curveballs. I understand that your life comes apart sometimes. I mean, it happens to everybody. But you really do have to try to keep it together, almost to the level of like living in a little bit of denial. I think that's right. actually a good thing. Like, you know, like you're just like, no, fucking keep this together. Training right. at 430. I'm going to be yeah. on time. I train, my training partner doesn't even need to know this happened. I'm not going to show up and you know, spit into his ear, although that's what training partners are sometimes for. That's a very important role that a training partner can help you with. But you just, you know, you try your best to like, just keep it together, keep it together, keep life taken away. I got my business meeting. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to let on, yeah. you know, there's a little bit of that, you know, Bill Burr talks about pushing the motions down until they just come out all over your family at Christmas. <laughs> I think, I think that you do that with your adversity too. You just fucking kind of just just choke it down and just try to keep your life together. I don't know. Focusing on the routine, which I guess goes to back to what bodybuilding has taught us. Focusing on keeping the machine moving, keeping all the moving parts moving, and keeping them the, the process happening has been how I've gotten through everything difficult in my life. Hmm. Yes. That's probably the better answer than the one I actually gave for the question because that just kind of came to me with, with this question. I found a couple things um, basic. Um, first being, I think a lot of people spend a lot of time focused on the problem. That's a thing. And I don't, like for me, the problem is the problem. So fuck the problem. What's the solution? What are you going to do? I really do think there's a lot of mental masturbation spending a lot of time romanticizing how they wish life could be, Hmm. but it's not because this, and then they spend weeks and months thinking about how they wish it was, and it's not. Same thing with relationships or whatever. And at the end of the day, it's like, it's not, shut up. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Like that to me, it's, it's, it's not meant to be, like it sounds like, oh, I'm hardcore. It's not at all what it is, it's just, it's a fact. Like. That is what it is. Let go. And the other thing I was going to also say is I've definitely learned that all the hardships that I've had weren't always hardships. Like they felt like it in the moment. And then you get to the other side and you get to the thing that that you had to go through to be there. And you're like, oh, that's why I had to go through that. So I was ready for this. Like I've really found that nothing is, is really what I think it is in the moment. Yeah. Like sometimes there's great things that are happening to me. I'm like, that was fucking amazing. And then the, you know, then the bottom falls out from it. You're like, oh, fuck, that wasn't good at all. You know, but you had to go through that as well. So to me, the answer is, is nothing is really a bad thing. It's just, okay, what do we do next? How do you, how do you handle the next step? You know, like I actually just saw a thing the other day and it's like, you know, if I walked out to the, to my car, my truck in the gym parking lot today, it was on fire. I'd be like, all right, I got to get home. And then, you know, we would go to dinner and we would enjoy dinner. And I guess tomorrow I'd buy a new car. 
yeah. like call the insurance company and like yeah i mean there's nothing and- to that's done there's nothing to worry about with that and i think obviously that's very simple because it's an, it's an object but people do try to do that with relationships and things i mean you know if my business partner stabs me in the back today fuck that's done okay what am i going to do and i really think if you get right to the okay what am i going to do you'll be a lot better off i used to tell employees all the time when they'd come with me with problems they'd start talking i go what's the solution they'd go i don't know i go well then come back when you have one right i don't give a fuck about your problem what's the solution when you come back with that now we can talk and maybe i'll help you with an even better solution but don't just dump it on me fuck off right Right. <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen in, in people in, in, you know, nutrition clients, because, uh, you know, it, it can be difficult to get the, the, your logistics down for getting all your meals in during the day. And I've met some people that will focus on the things that they can't do versus focus on the things that they can do. And I think mm-hmm. if you if you do try to and, and it affects you, you know, if you're just like, oh, man, I can't do this. I can't eat at this time. It's like mm-hmm. it, all of a sudden you're looking at like all these limitations in your life versus that opposite. And I think I can do that sometimes too. Like I just, yes. I can catch myself and be like, wait a second, just cause yeah. I can't do this doesn't mean I, you know, I can do all this, 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 and this. So yeah. I always find it interesting when you have the opposite. I had a guy the other day, he's been a client of mine for probably a year and a half. We've done a couple shows, all this shit. He goes, Oh, Hey, so I'm, I'm thinking about competing again in November and I'm retiring in August, which would be nice because I'll no longer have that four and a half hour commute a day. I'm like, ah. this is the first I've heard of this four and a half hour commute that you yeah. have every day. Yeah. And it made me laugh. Like I didn't even talk to him about it. I was just like, we've done shows and I've filled you with cardio, eating, posing, yep. posing with Kenny, doing all this shit. And he has never mentioned it because it's not my fucking problem. And he has to find a way. But I just thought it was so impressive because I'm like, God damn, that's a chunk of your day. Yeah. Then you got an hour and a half of training, an hour of cardio. Then I'm like, I told him like, that's I'm I'm impressed. I didn't even know you had that. I mean, I'm assuming like you know. So it's shocking because, like you said, Scott, I'll have people that tell me the opposite. I got called in early today. What? Sh- I guess I can't do cardio, and I'm like, huh? Do it later. Do, do it, it after work. Yeah. Oh, the gym's yeah. closed. Walk down the goddamn street. I don't know. Yeah, I live in a bad neighborhood. Carry a gun. Exactly. Yeah. You should have two. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <clears throat> Funny. What? Okay. Your turn. Your turn. Yes. Uh, well, here's kind of an interesting one. It's we can talk about this. What do you think about TRT forever? No cycles ever. Never coming off. I love it. Isn't that what TRT is? <laughs> well, I'm I mean, like, realistically, that, that so, is what TRT is. I mean, the, yeah, the only like thing that's, yeah, that's, that's the, the thing. Point. That's why I thought we should discuss it. Is like people throw around this term TRT and they don't understand that that's what TRT is supposed to be for. It's test replacement therapy. Yeah, the only thing that will change is over time, your blood work will determine if you need less or more. And it's not always more. Um right. <laughs> And that's why you don't guess. It's, I think what's interesting, it's funny you said that, uh, Ron, because I had that question last week. I didn't even bother to answer. As a guy said, what do you think about Anadrol with, and TRT? I'm like, it's not TRT so anymore. It's like Anadrol. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, you're, and I think that that's it's really funny. 
Or you'll get the guy that's like, I'm just doing 400 milligrams of TRT. I'm like, that is not what it means. <laughs> yeah. You're the only time. Test the only only, high fucking yeah. dose. <laughs> so I did see one guy showed me blood work. He was taking 250 migs a week, mm-hmm. which is pretty high TRT. Yeah. Like probably not in normal range. But his test levels, so his total test was slightly above range. Right. But his bioavailable and free test were below the middle of their range. Right. Because he had really high SHGB. Right. That sex hormone binding globulin. It was his was yeah. like right at the top of the range. So mm-hmm. it was binding up a lot of his test. So it's like interesting when you see someone on two fifty a week and they're actually their free test is actually very middle hmm. ground. Yeah. But that's and where you see other guys on. Yeah, yeah, that's where your blood work comes in, right? That's why you have to yeah. have you have to know. Yeah. Whereas you get someone else on a hundred a week and their their free test is like above normal range, like way up there. Yeah. So but that's also that's when you bring in your, your supplements. Cause that's the thing is if you don't know that, right, and you're still not feeling good because you didn't get your blood work, they're like, Oh, I must need three fifty. It's like, no, you need boron. Right. You need something to free up your SHGB <laughs> or, 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 you know, lower it. I mean, lower your SHGB or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Something that will affect mean. free test alone. It doesn't need, mean you need more tests that, that won't bind any less just because you take more. So, yeah. I, I, I get asked a lot, like, how often did I go off? Because I'm, everyone kind of, you know, I'm kind of an old school guy. We used to go on and off. Yeah. And I, I went off all the way up until I was 39 years old. Right. That was the first time I ever bridged a cycle with a cruise, like a, like a, what we would call cruise dose. Yeah. yeah. And I remember I did 200 milligrams a week for 16 weeks. So it was four mm-hmm. months. And that was the first time I ever cruised, but I was 39 already. So there was a lot of coming off before that. Right. I think people are more afraid of coming off than they need to be. And again, technically, if you get into the science of it, if you're not going to be off for like a year, you are better off to bridge, as they say. Technically healthier. Like it's, it's, yeah, all it's the same, hard on your body. Yeah. All the same bad shit that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, too much gear, you know, can happen when your test is too low. Like your cholesterol can go to shit. Your estrogen levels can get messed up. Your fucking, you know, like a whole bunch of stuff can go off out of whack by being low test for a long period of time too. But I did find when I got sick last year, obviously they weren't uh, injecting me with shots to the month in the hospital. Um, And I didn't get back on anything for the month afterwards. And so when I got my first blood work, I was I was actually shocked because obviously I've been running shit for 15 years. Um, my levels were great. and I didn't feel terrible. I really? I was really surprised. I was like, you know, I think my test was at like 650 at that point. It was eight <laughs> weeks off. And I was like, oh, that's, uh, cool. that's just that's just lingering sustenance, on Dusty. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, well may, maybe Matt was giving me shots while I was in. I don't He's know. like, I didn't take any shots while I was under. I took three grams of sustenance on the day I went in. <laughs> but well, because I, I knew how, I might be there for a while. <laughs> I don't know how my test levels weren't back to normal yet. Yeah, it was it was surprising though because I actually was like, wow, I don't feel like death. You know, That's funny. Other than being weak as hell, you, but whatever. You front loaded. <laughs> yeah, going back to last week's show. 
<laughs> front loaded for the surgery. I knew it was coming. Front loaded for the coma. Front loaded for the coma. <laughs> you got to oh, be ready man. at all times. You never know. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, okay. What do you think, Scott? You got anything there? I, got I don't have anything. I'm At this point, I'm along for the ride, basically. You're here to answer the questions with better answers than, than Ron and I come up with. Due to kids, what the one week and rest? No. Is there are are there any hobbies that you wish you would have taken up and you just never? Yes, did? a million. Yeah, I think I need more time to stay on this. Yes, absolutely. I think that's the only, okay. That's my. I won't say it's a regret, but I have been obsessive about things my whole life. So like when I played hockey, it was all I did. Yeah, right. I played as much as I could play anytime, any place. I can get ice time. I'm in street hockey. Done. And when I was bodybuilding. It was the same. Yes. Um, I was very obsessive with that. So now, like for, even something as simple as a hobby I'm taking up is traveling, like mm. actually going to see things, do things. You know, Ron was really good about that. But like when I was in prep, I really didn't go do a bunch of other things. Some of it was financially limited, but like I've probably done more in the last year than I've done in the six seven years before that as far as going to concerts doing things um but i always thought a uh like learning a guitar or something would be awesome because it seems like it would be very hard for me like when i see right. a, a very basic like someone learning guitar i'm like ooh, my fingers wouldn't want to do that hmm. <laughs> yeah you know i so i think that that would be fun very very challenging you know something like that I've been playing a lot of guitar lately because I bought, you know, I bought a couple and I also got this this really cool little micro amp, it's called. Because mm -hmm. I live in a condo, right? So like, you know, and sometimes I'm playing at night, like Emily actually goes to bed and then I go sit in the office and jam. So it's like, <laughs> it has to be headphones, right? Okay. Yeah. So I got this little micro amp and what you do is you plug your headphones into it and then you plug it into your guitar. So, you know, you hit your guitar and it comes out your headphones. But then you Bluetooth your phone to the microamp and you play an album. Yeah, and the awesome. album comes in your headphones and you play along with the album. So it's exactly what every person has ever done. Every kid who had a rock and roll dream sat mm -hmm. by his record player back in the day yeah. and jammed to Led Zeppelin records, right? Had to figure out that the records aren't perfectly in tune every time. So you got to... Why, why doesn't this sound quite right? Because when they recorded it, they were a half step down. So you got to tune your guitar a half step down. Okay, now huh. it sounds right with the, you know, like you got to figure all the kids that went through all that, like all the musicians that I love, they all did that. They all sat in front of their record players and tried to play along. And you try to turn the amp to just the right volume and the record player to the right volume. So it sounds like you're playing with the band, you know? Yeah. And um, I used to do that when I would jam try to learn a bunch of songs i'd try to get my skill up i put five songs on a playlist and i try to play along with all five of them perfectly you know yeah mm -hmm. but now i can do it all with this little i don't even need an amp you don't even need your actual amp you just fuck it just put this little toy in your guitar and plug your headphones into it that's crazy how much is that and it's it's like 150 bucks oh wow it's cheap that's cool so yeah and then you can also run a run a usb cord from the little micro amp uh -huh. into your computer and you can record it all in GarageBand. Oh, nice. With it after. <laughs> That's badass. Right? So it's just really cool. So uh, I'm having a lot of fun with that. But um, 
I, I always thought like, I, I sometimes wish I would have played enough guitar that I would have been good enough to like, you know, like there was this blues bar that was down the street for me for a long time when I lived in Edmonton mm-hmm. and they would have like jam night every Sunday would be like jam night and just mm-hmm. anyone could go down there with their guitar and all the blues guys were just jamming together and you'd get up and plug in and play for a while and then you'd unplug and go sit down and have a beer and someone else would go up with the drummers and everyone would just be jamming together and having fun. But those guys are like good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and you were rolling in there not knowing what the fuck you were doing. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I roll in there with my 10 Nirvana songs and my 10 ACDC riffs and everyone in there is like a blues player can just fucking rip, you know, like they're not going to want me around. Right. So, so, uh, I always wished I was good enough to go down on those nights and just like be one of those dudes. It's just like the, the people that go to comedy clubs and they put their name on the list and they have oh, yeah. a set. Yeah. Like I admire those people. Oh, for That's sure. Something else. So I'd say maybe stand up comedy was something I always wish I would have done when I was young and dumb enough to just let myself get butchered. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a hard one. I don't think I don't think people realize the difference between being funny in person and being a comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, I think Ron could do it though. He's got the storytelling down. He can lead you down a path. We get comments you know? all the time about how they people like your storytelling, Ron. Oh, Ron gives the best well, stories. Anyway. I remember. No. I remember one time I was with these guys in Australia. There was my buddy, Chris, who was, who used to grow all this weed. He was like a surfer and he goes, Hey, we're going to a comedy club. You should come with us. And I was like, Oh, sure. I'll go. So I went and there was like one other bodybuilder that came with me and then him and then some of his friends and his friends were like crazy surfer party, Australian guys. Yeah. Right. And we went to this, uh, we went out and we had a, a, I had a, I had a beer with them and I remember I ate some chicken fingers as you do. And then we went to this comedy club and um, I remember thinking like we got to the comedy club and I remember thinking, holy shit, this place is a dump. Like this is a dump. It's not big. It's just a fucking dingy little hole. Yeah. And people were getting up and like, it was kind of funny. A couple guys were funny, but you know, we were, we were smoking weed and we were, you know, just being goofy and having it. And I was just kind of sitting in the chair talking to the guys and then another comic would come on and we watch him and it was pretty funny. And then all of a sudden, the one dude that was with us just like walks on the stage. No kidding. And starts talking on the mic. I guess he put, put his name on the list. Huh. I didn't even, didn't even say anything. Yeah. And I look at Chris and I'm like, what's he doing? He goes, oh, he goes up once in a while. Like it was nothing. No kidding. And he just got up there and told this funny story about, I think he told a story about shit in his pants or something. And everyone was laughing and stuff. And then he just comes down, grabs his beer and he's like, Hey, you guys ready to go? Like, and I remember sort of thinking like, that was fucking cool. You just got up there and like ran the room for five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't bomb. You actually did all right. Yeah. You know, if anything, we were heckling him. (laughs) And counting your friends to screw you over. Yeah. Yeah. And I just remember thinking like, oh shit, like I don't have the balls for that. I don't have the balls to get up there in my underwear maybe if I'm in shape, but. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) Totally fine. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i just that had an impression on me so i always admired that that would have been a cool thing to get into you for know? sure are you too that's old good. to do this at this point now dusty no absolutely now your judgment's completely lost you don't give a fuck what yeah you're you don't well, care what other people you have all think. the best stories oh god best yeah. stories now hey? that's key that's classic where are we yeah, at that Scott? would be good i'd like to see dusty do five minutes i would too I, i'd like to see either of you guys do 
five minutes. That'd be well, good. If Ron did five minutes, they'd want ten because they'd realize like, God, this guy's got a knack for this. I'm, I might push Ron into this eventually. Actually, yeah. Maybe after watching, I was I watched a few videos from that uh, Awakened with JP guy the other day. I watched oh, that God. yesterday. I, I I have to say that to do what he does. It has to take a certain level of intelligence. Like he's a smart oh, yeah. dude. Oh yeah, he's you know so what I mean. Smart. You have to, you're, yeah. you're, you're you're manipulating the the humor and the satire curve just right to stay on brand the whole time. He's really good at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I appreciate the, that. Yeah, I feel he, like he, he, he has just, to be really self aware. Com- they actually yes. have to be really self aware because they have to like yeah. I feel like Rogan really brought to our attention. Like, like as a, like a society, like the art of comedy, because he's been oh, doing for sure. talking for years about, you know, like I remember I used to listen to him a lot and I remember him talking about like what happens when you bomb, you know, what happens when you oh, just yeah. eat shit on stage and what, well, what that that whole experience is like. What did he say about it? He just said, uh, you know, it's like, I mean, you just have to you, there's nothing you can do. And you're up right. there, and it's it's like your worst nightmare kind of thing, and it starts happening, and there's nothing you can do, and all you can do is just sit there and take it, and go through the process, ride it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to imagine any of those guys ever bombing now that they kind of have their art, their craft nailed. Yeah, you know, yeah. seems impossible. Eating shit in front of a room full of people. Yeah, yeah. Supposed to be the most humbling thing in the world, but like how Rogan says, you have to go through it. Like it's like a rite of passage, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're, you're going to like it's a guaranteed thing that's going to happen, you know. And th- did you guys ever watch that Bill Burr Philly rant? Did you ever see the Philly rant? Mm-mm. It's so Rogan calls it the greatest, one of the greatest performances of all time. And there was like a comedy night in Philadelphia. And, you know, Bill Burr is a Boston comic, right? Right. And there was some massive rivalry going on at the time, Philly and Boston, as there's probably been a bunch in different sports. I don't know. But anyways, Bill Burr went up to do 20 minutes. And the crowd was just brutal, like fucking hated him. And so he just kept taunting them. <laughs> and taunting them. He's like, oh, yeah, you guys are going to heckle me, eh? Bunch of fucking one of the only fucking hockey cities that wore pants in the fucking 70s. You guys going to fuck? And he just starts laying into Philly. Oh, yeah, you motherfuckers think, yeah, well, guess what? I got 17 minutes left, and I'm doing every last fucking one of them. <laughs> like, he wasn't going to leave. He's like, oh, you guys want me out of here, do you? Fuck you, 14 minutes. Let's go. I can yeah. do this all day. You. And he just starts fucking the crowd's turning on him, and he's just going for it. And then the magic kicks in. And like minute 17, they start cheering him. No kidding. He turning them. <laughs> and he just stays out there. He's like, two minutes left. I'm not fucking leaving. And he's just fucking giving it to them. And they start cheering. And he, he roasted them hard enough that they started loving him. That's cool. And then at the end of the 20 minutes, he fucking walks off stage. And I guess, I guess when you watch the video, it's like, it's like funny, but kind of weird. You're like, this is a weird set, right? <laughs> but I guess the, the real story was backstage. All the other comics were like, Bill Burr is a savage. Yeah. He's a savage. <laughs> He's the ballsiest fucking guy. <laughs> like, he didn't give a fuck. They were sitting backstage just like, oh. 
what's happening out there? <laughs> That's so cool. But it's on YouTube, so I don't know. I haven't seen it for a long time, but I did watch it a few times. So oh, I gotta watch I'm that now. Check that out. Fuck you, That's 17 amazing. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long time. I'm not leaving. I got 20 minutes. I'm not leaving. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Amazing. Well, is that it? Are we good? I think we're, we're good. Um, episode uh, 146. It's just bodybuilding. Like, share, subscribe, comment. And ring the bell. Ring the bell. Thanks for all the questions. You guys are awesome. Hit the YouTube questions, which we will typically do on the first episode. Um, where we would also have our guest. If we're going to have a guest that week. And then it looks like we're going to be doing the IG questions on like the second episode. That's a pretty good format that works for us, eh? Cool. Right out. Cool. Is it, next, is it next week we have a guest, Dusty? No, two, two weeks. Okay. You want to tell, do we want to tell people who we have coming up in a couple weeks here? Great guest. Yeah, I think we should. You know, it was Scott's idea. So, Scott? Well, we Dusty having? set it up. We've got uh, yeah. Drea Shaw. Who is yes. the uh, Miss Olympia? Current Miss Olympia, Andrea Shaw, and mutant teammate. Exactly. Yeah, win, win. mutant's very proud to have Miss Olympia signed to mutant right now. That's so, pretty cool. Uh, Andrea Shaw, Drea's the coolest girl. She is. She was working the the Arnold with us. She was fun to have around. I look forward to doing another expo with her for sure. She's so, cool. and um, she's from Detroit, every, so she's got some Detroit oh, yeah, stories. She's Detroit. I yeah, she. Uh, we'll talk about who? that. Is there a certain who who says Detroit? Detroit is that an accent that certain people say? That's I, you know what Victoria's dad says Detroit. 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 Yeah, Victoria's dad. He's from Vancouver, so. Huh. Okay. Maybe it's. I'm just wondering because I hear some people say it that weird. Yeah, I think it's a. I think it might it. be like a Canadian West Coast thing. It might be because uh-huh. I've never heard okay. anybody else say it, and Victoria kind of makes fun of him for it. <laughs> it's like how people from people from Toronto, mm-hmm. they say Toronto, 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 Toronto. Spell it wrong too, huh? Toronto, do you wanna? How are you now? Yeah. How are you now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks everybody. Remember, it's just bodybuilding.